This is Owen Tinder Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Owen Tinder Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Um, we are going to be talking through the games against Bosnia, which is the best defeat of all time, and of course the home victory against Andorra. Plus, we will be talking about Ruth's newfound celebrity status as she is best friends with Bryn Law. Uh, <laughs> hello, Ruth. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Morning, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Have you recovered from your uh, brush with fame? Are you, you know, you're still floating <laughs> around the place, uh, signing many autographs in Washington State. Um, not being inundated, as you, might, as you might imagine, and with social distancing and all, you know, one's got to be careful. Yeah, um, that's true. Actually. No, I, I had a lovely invite from the guys over at Eat Sleep Footy Repeat, and was um, on a discussion. Um, and not quite Facebook live with Alice and Laura and Bryn Law. And I would recommend anybody who hasn't listened yet, go in and listen because Bryn's insight into into this game is, uh, it was lovely. Actually, it was a very indulgent hour or so. And I was I was grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, I, I would I would recommend the same. If you haven't uh, listened to Ruth's chat with uh, with her new bestie Bryn Law, then please do go and listen to that. It was uh, it was a very good conversation and some great insight actually into obviously what was a, bi- a big day for Wales fans, but obviously for him professionally and personally as well. There's a lots of uh, lots of interesting kind of touching moments um, mentioned in in that conversation as well. Whilst we're on the Welsh football fans topic, I just thought I'd mention that the quiz is going to be this Friday. Despite my excellent quiz question last week. Um, we we are well. I say we I, we are not. We're participating, but we're, we're, the, the quiz is being run and is going to be on Friday. So if you're interested in that, help, head to the Welsh Football Fans Facebook page, and you can sign up for that. To there, um, Ruth text me after the this questions I set, and you did in fact get all of the ten footballers and goal score uh, and the last teams they scored against right. So bravo! I know. Have you actually shared the answer with people? Have you been? I, think um, I feel we ought to. I haven't shared the answer to the people only because I only got one response. Um, ah. So, sod everyone else. The uh, <laughs> Galois in France uh, with the with the correct uh, gave me the correct answers. So, well done to them, and uh, and thank you for listening. Um, to move on and talk about as 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 it was termed the greatest defeat of all time. Um, first off. The starting lineup, as as you as we were just talking about before we started here, it is kind of very much what you expected, but with Gunter instead of a, a Chester or a Collins, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that it kind of become the consistent team for the for the last couple of games, hasn't it? With Jazz on the on the outside and Gunt pulled in as the the third central defender. Um, I think the. I don't think there was any momentum for, for Coleman to do anything else at that point other than perhaps injuries. Um, and he was fortunate that, that that gap to the October, nobody picked up anything. Bale was just coming back, wasn't he, from from a knock. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there was a pressure to do anything anything very different at that point. I did think actually, though, the interesting thing for me, the flip side of that was, I think that that was also the day that Coleman realised that this w- wasn't a long-term solution playing Gunter out of position like that um, because of the way we conceded the goals, I felt. Because as as you mentioned, this is our first choice lineup, really, isn't it? With five at the back with Gunter, um, Ledley and Allen, and then obviously Ramsey, Bale and Hal completing the lineup. So it was, this was kind of what we went with moving forward. Um, but I think the way we'd conceded the goals, and I know we'll get to that, might have been a little kind of alarm bell for Cookie in in how we set up in the future because it's, it was a funny one. For the first, I would say, 20 minutes, I felt like we were fairly comfortable. We had a few chances on the break. We looked a threat with the ball over the top. We were kind of pinging the ball about quite nicely when we had it, defending fairly well when we didn't. Um, and I know they had that one chance that kind of flashed across the goal in front of Hennessy. But I, I felt 20 minutes or so in, there wasn't really a, a huge threat. and We were dealing with everything fairly comfortably. Yeah, I mean, we were closing down well and, and pressurising. I thought the sort of five, more obvious five, two, three that we we started the game with um, was quite interesting. I, I, I was 
glad we were going for it initially, although that sort of evaporated a bit as you got as yeah. you got deeper into the game. But I mean, the conditions and the rain and the and just what some I mean, some of the hefty challenges that were coming in. Um, but overall, you have to feel we had the better play. It was actually looking back at it. A, my recollection was that we hadn't played terribly well, but actually, I think I think we did all right, particularly in the first the first half. No, I think that's fair. I mean, if you look back at what happened, and I would say the chances is a bit much, but I mean, obviously they've had the shot, the shot that's flashed across the goal. Ramsey's kind of had the go of that looping free kick. It was very balanced, even I thought it wasn't. It wasn't one team mm-hmm. out playing the other by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, we had we had chances. Um, Bale over hit a cross that Ramsey ended up taking when it might have been better if Hal had taken it, for example, about halfway through that half. Um, there was another time where there was a beautiful feed from Led, uh, Ledley to Bale and um, Hal just, um, it was just ahead of him in terms of, of his run. So there were there were chances in, in both directions. And I mean, we were fortunate that earlier in the game that the uh, Bosnian player slipped after that mistake by Davies, for example. Yeah, they could they true. could have gone ahead at that point. Uh, but overall, I think we were probably at that point making the better chances in the game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you only have to look as, as far as the, the Neil Taylor thing at the end of the first half where Ramsey's kind of been put in danced around a couple of players brilliantly and if anything I, I was kind of looking back at the replay and when the like right at the end for, for those who haven't seen it Ramsey kind of dances into the box gets one-on-one but very close up with the keeper and just tries to trickle it past him for Taylor mm-hmm. to tap in and if anything <clears throat> Taylor has just got too good a contact on it because he hits that so crisp it just kind of He's, he's on it rolling across the floor and, if, and like, as a consequence the Bosnian defenders kind of got across and snuffed it out somehow but you feel like if it have scuffed that or that had bobbled off the top of his shin it flicks over the guy's leg and, and, and it goes in the back of the net and mm-hmm. you just it's, yeah it's, it's just a funny one that because he caught it too well but I felt at that point and again it's a weird one knowing what's coming but I felt at that point we were the better team I would say we were in control of the game we would definitely be in the most creative force in in the game and it, everything kind of seemed to be going to plan the only thing I would say I would I would be critical of is which came to pass later in the game was we did struggle with balls in the air and I felt like we just got a little bit lucky at times with like second balls dropping in the right place where we needed mm-hmm. to and and that sort of thing um and obviously they got a bit luckier with that in the second half, but I, I felt like that, in hindsight, again, was a, a warning we perhaps didn't heed. But again, I, I'm, I'm saying that because I know how the second two goals were conceded, um, not the necessarily the kind of the balance of play, I guess. No, I think that's a fair point. I think, um, like you say, it's difficult to see those chances that they're getting without knowing ultimately how they scored their goals and they both come from those kind of messy ricochet sort of clear sort of not type situations don't they um, and so you end up looking for those earlier in the game as a, as a sign uh, I just wonder whether it was ultimately they just needed the three points more than more than we did and whether they um, they just kept going a bit more in the game and were throwing themselves at things a little bit more than we were perhaps. I do feel like there was a point in the second half where I don't know what the situation would have been in terms of the score but obviously at that point we only needed a draw and I I felt maybe like 65-70 minutes or so whether we just thought right we haven't conceded a goal for ages we'd be defensively solid we only need a point here there's no point risking it Gareth Bale hasn't played much recently do you know what mm-hmm. I, whether it was a collective thing whether they were instructed to do so or it was just a you know the players kind of circumstantially decided right okay we've we've tried to attack we haven't got a goal let's just see this out and I and I, and I totally agree with you where we kind of what everyone needed out of the game ultimately ended up changing the outcome, in my opinion. Um, we only needed that point, um, and of course, they 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 had to take all three to kind of keep in touch with the playoff places. So it became a, 
it became a different circumstance in that, that those there those last 20 minutes because realistically after Bale had that chance he kind of broke through uh, 10 minutes into the second half he kind of broke through used his pace to get past someone just kind of slashed at his shot a bit mm-hmm. I think really that was the last real attacking threat that we possessed where it kind of delivered a genuine chance I know Dave Edwards had one a bit later on and you know we tried to push a bit more after they'd already scored the first goal but as a genuine attacking force, I think that was probably the last real sign that we showed. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a, you know, deeper in the half, there's a point where Ramsey hits a volley high and wide and um, Bale has a, a, a shot that sort of skids across the goal, doesn't he? And Hal's coming in late, but doesn't get there. And there's a, you know, there's a few corners that we do not very much with. Uh, but I think the tone of the game also changed when, Ledley came off. I think the the kind of power we'd had in midfield and and the press we'd been able to put on them um, that sort of evaporated. They started to get a bit more space. I thought it was an interesting substitution, given we were looking increasingly like we were going for the draw, and yet we brought on Vokes. So there's you know there's a sort of contradiction in that as well, isn't there? I thought the logic there was to hold up the ball better because they were more physical. And I also thought the logic of that was to have a bit more solidity at set pieces because I felt they became more and more physical as the game wore on rather than kind of trying to play around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that that was a, a, a nod to that in the physicality that he could be, he could bring up front, but also defending set pieces as well. Um, and again, talk about the substitutions, it took a while then, well, not a while, but a, 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 fort- a decent amount of time for Dave Edwards to come on then to kind of mm-hmm. return us to our full complement, if you like, in midfield, um, which, again, I don't think took anything away. I thought Dave Edwards kind of did well getting up and down when he came on and, you know, reminded me of how, what a great engine he had. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the more it wore on, the more kind of, the circumstance. I mean, and, and I totally get it. I mean, I, I mean, I'll tell you my story afterwards. But I, I was, I didn't know what was going on in the other game from where I was watching. Um, mm-hmm. So I, you know, I can understand the uncertainty going on completely when you're on the pitch. Um, look into their first goal. Then it's just a kind of comedy of errors. And and I don't know how many times we have said this, but the referee I thought was abysmal and. He, he was just so inconsistent and he wasn't favouring either side. It was sometimes one of our players would look at one of their players and they'd tumble down and give a free kick. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds later, there could be a really physical challenge going on and he doesn't give anything. And there was one with Ben Davis in the second half where he got mullered on the floor and he's given the free kick to Bosnia. I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, and again, we'll say this, I'll say this again ahead of the Andorra game as well. He was useless in the Andorra game. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. I don't think that helped. But anyway, the the kind of softish, what I thought was a soft free kick for them, anyway. And then, of course, the goal is. I think shambolic is a fair word to describe the defending there. Yeah, I don't think you can say anything other than that. I mean, the, there isn't much defending going on at that point, is there? A whole series of of messy ricochets. But there was a period, going back to your comment about the referee, there was a period in the middle of the second half where it would just seem to be an endless series of free kicks with like no no obvious kind of um benchmark of what was what was generating those free kicks. It just like random whistleblowing almost uh, and that really really messed up I think for both teams I think that really messed up any flow that they were trying to get into into the latter part of the of the game no I agree and as I say I think to an extent we were probably all right with it because it was breaking the game it was wasting mm-hmm. a bit of time so I, I don't think we were that bothered but I mean looking at it it's a nothing free kick pretty much on the halfway line we missed the first header and and then Gunter I think it is who's marking the lad who ends up scoring doesn't even get off the ground he doesn't react to the ball um and I mean, fair play to the lad who scored. I can't tell you his name, but he's he's a big lad, and he's he's just got up above. But it's not a good header. Like no, he's just no. kind of almost similar to that Ramsey one. But I feel like Ramsey against Israel. I felt like Ramsey meant that. I think this this lad has just tried to get his head on it and just kind of hope for the best. And it and it's kind of worked out. Hennessy's a little bit out of position. He's come and then mm-hmm. stopped, and he's can't decide if he should go back again. It was it was just a shambles. And I think that was the point for me where after they'd started to be more physical and bombard us a bit more, you start to think, 
I'm not sure Gunter's the right person in there. I either shift him out wide and bring off Giles Richards and bring off one of the big lads like a Chester or a, mm-hmm. or a Collins um, or just bring Gunter off himself. And that didn't happen. And that obviously is what caused a problem for the second goal as well, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, well, by the, I mean, it was, I think it was even the 90th minute, wasn't that they scored that um, second goal. Yeah, and right, I, yeah. I think we'd, sort of mentally stopped almost at that point we knew we weren't particularly pushing forward to get the draw and and hence it didn't actually terribly matter what was happening at the other end I think the psychology of that kind of seeped in and you're right I mean it was just I mean it was a scuff in really wasn't it just through bad marking yeah, and I mean, again, you look at the you look at the defending the way it's kind of worked out there. The 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 corner I think it was that has come in has not been well dealt with at the back post. Mm-hmm. Uh, two or three people, I think Dave Edwards was one of them, have, have gone to cover the line rather than attack the second ball, um, which which hasn't helped. And then of course that's left someone free at the back post to have an easy tap in. It was just a collection of things that went wrong and it and I do think it was interesting actually that at the end of the game Coleman stormed off he had no idea what was going on elsewhere he was that seemed so focused on on this game um and it really yeah and that really showed that the mentality I think the squad had at the time which was you know we've qualified yeah but he wasn't even thinking about that he was just like that was shit no um and obviously you know he got stopped halfway across the pitch but um I think it was it was telling. Um, and I think, I feel like there was also some lessons that were learnt in that game, both by him and by the team, that I don't think they kind of, they, that they heeded, sorry, until I was thinking about this the other day, and probably against the Portugal, in the Portugal game in the semi-final, where we've switched off badly for two set pieces mm-hmm. here. We've switched off, a, you know, a set piece and a cross in that game, a bad five minutes or whatever Coleman called it. And that was, I think this was the closest that we've come to that where we switched off at set pieces a bit. And okay, I know the Ronaldo head is ridiculous, but I mean, the second goal is very jammy. We're not really closing down. Like things like that. I don't think that happened again. So I do think it taught us a lot of things in the in the, in the the short term. Yeah, I mean, I think he was mad, frankly. This is the first time we'd gone behind since the opening game with Andorra. And we'd, you know, we'd set our stall out by being defensively hard to beat you know you look at the number I mean there was a point in the in the commentary I think within the Andorra game where they were making the point how few goals we'd scored and yet we'd yet we'd qualified and this was this was an an obvious point of where if we're not solid defensively we 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 had limitations going forward we had to be solid defensively and we blew it in this game and I can understand Coleman being livid at that part of it because that was the bedrock of how we were getting through games and how we were qualifying. Um, and you can't pretend that, the you know, I can understand in his head as well, you know, the worry starts to come in, doesn't it? You, you, you He's had first-hand experience of yeah. being on the pitch when we didn't do it. Um, and I can understand how that's kind of enveloping him as well. And yeah, I mean, he was... Um, he was really storming off, storming off the pitch at that point, wasn't he? Well, it's funny actually because, like, I remember I was at a wedding over here, and it was in California, so it was earlier in the morning than it would have been in Boston. And basically, where we were, this wedding was in kind of middle of nowhere, a beautiful place. Um, and basically, the only place that had Wi-Fi was like the the hut of this sort of campsite thing we were staying at. So Joy, my wife, had watched Wales lose to Australia. Um, before she stormed off in a huff I then rock up to use the laptop to watch Wales play and we lose but because the signal was so bad you could basically only have one device connected to the Wi-Fi so the guy was great to be fair anytime someone else came in and asked for the Wi-Fi even though I sat there with a laptop he was saying yeah sorry mate the Wi-Fi's down because if someone else logged onto the Wi-Fi <laughs> my, my stream would have collapsed so I, as a consequence I couldn't even use my phone to find out because if I tried to text someone even on WhatsApp to see what would happen mm-hmm. it would take the internet away from my laptop so I had no idea and of course the commentary I was listening to here like they were just commentating on the game they didn't they weren't kind of looking into the the ins and outs of what it means for Wales and who might top the group like they were just like commentating mm-hmm. as if it was a one-off game so I had no idea so I have watched the end of the game been furious 
just about to storm off like Coleman did, close my laptop, fire up my phone to text the boys and be like, oh, bloody hell, I can't believe this. It's going down to the Andorra game. They're going to bloody beat us 1-0, aren't they? This is so Wales. I'm furious. I'm like, like my, my WhatsApp group and my my football mates are like, what are you talking about? I'm just like, this is, this is shit. I was just like, we've qualified, mate. And I was like, what? I genuinely I genuinely had no idea at which point now I'm firing the laptop back up again to try and figure out what's going on and see some celebrations. It was uh it was very, very bizarre. And I meant I you know, I went back to the to the like where we were staying and said to Joy, like, Oh my god, well, I think we've qualified. And she was like, What do you mean you think? Did you win? I was just like, No, we lost and she was like, How can you have qualified and lost? I was like, I don't know, I'm so scared. <laughs> Um, and then someone came round uh, offering cans of PBR at 10 o'clock in the morning to start, you know, get the wedding party going. I was just like, well, do you know what? I've got something to celebrate, mate. I'll join you in one of those. And in one of the low lights of my football and supporting career, I got obviously got absolutely battered at the wedding. And then we went back to this, like this, the, the site we were staying at. And there was like a communal hot tub and uh, I'd been having some grief off some English fella all day about um, about Wales qualifying. So uh, we were basically arguing with each other in a hot tub, drinking cans of now warm PBR <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning, me singing Delilah at the top of my voice. And I pulled myself up out of the hot tub to do the, you know, the really high bit at the end of Delilah and fully give it the beans. And in doing so, knocked my phone into the hot tub. <gasps> and uh, not only did Delilah stop singing, it caused this English fella to be like, well, that's enough for me, lads. I think uh, I think I've won this one. Good night. And off he went. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was an eventful day, to say the least, that one. <laughs> well, mine was a little more prosaic. I was at, I was at home listening to listening to um rob phillips uh because uh, as you well know you know the the there was a switch actually in coverage over here wasn't there around yeah. the around the euros and we you know we actually got a reasonable chance of getting games now but back then the closest you could do was a, a dodgy radio feed um and uh, i obviously folks have now listened you know even if you didn't listen at the time you've now listened to rob phillips so that was my journey was actually got to the point where with about 15 minutes ago I wasn't paying much attention to the to the actual game I was desperately trying to follow what was what was <laughs> happening in Israel yeah. happening in Israel Israel as best I could um but it is everything it was the only way I think we were going to qualify yeah. I think if we'd have kept having these one-off games at home where we had to win with all the pressure on I I think we might still be in the situation where we've never done it um, I think we needed to get over that hurdle in a different way. And this is about as as different as you can do, losing the game and still qualifying. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it in your in your interview, in your chat with Bryn Law, that's like, <laughs> that is the most Wales way of qualifying for a tournament is is it coming out of our hands and Israel yeah. or Cyprus or uh, Cyprus, sorry, doing us a favour um, is the most Wales thing I think I've ever heard. So, um yeah, it was a. I mean, it was a. It was a surreal day, and um, I. I think again, knowing what is knowing what comes from it, makes that kind of all the more special. And it was quite weird being away from my mates, but also not being able to talk to them about it because I couldn't have any bloody signal in this godforsaken place. And um, it was yeah, it was quite a surreal day. And I think I. In the end, also, I ended up missing the Andorra game. I think this is the first time, actually, I've watched the Andorra game all the way through properly is because our flight got delayed and my aim was to watch. We got to the airport super early so that I could watch the game in the airport with Wi-Fi and uh, and mm-hmm. I, the, 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 the flight was early or something. Oh, I don't know. Whichever way round it was going to happen anyway, it meant that in the end I was on the plane for the match, so I missed the match. Um, it was just such a surreal such a real surreal thing so to kind of watch it back i don't know about were you i think again i think you both touched on it, it was it was actually quite emotional watching it back mm-hmm. yeah it was very emotional because you uh you you forget that um i'd forgotten that the team was quite so changed in that game and so i i took a lot a lot of joy just in like watching the bench and watching the reaction and like when they score and they drag like Ledley off the bench for the celebrations and you know um it and Ian Walsh in the commentary makes the point there's one point where they're talking about 
our lack of strikers, again, going back to that discussion, it seems to be an endless circle, that one. Um, but he makes the point very forcibly that it kind of doesn't matter when you're a team. Yeah. Um, and it's an I, I enjoyed that game because it's another manifestation of that. And you can, at that point, when you know you're through, you can enjoy it. I mean, I dread to think what state we'd have been in at half time if we'd have actually needed needed points out of out of that game i mean but, I, I, so. I i can't imagine like i i think i would have refused to get on the flight i think i'd still be in san francisco <laughs> airport now i'd imagine but um no i mean i mean to move on to the andorra game i was intrigued by the by the lineup it was obvious mm-hmm. again that i felt like Coleman had learned a lesson from the previous game, but also the, the, the previous Andorra game as well, in that we reverted back to four at the back. And I felt like this was more of a friendly in the sense that he was looking at this opportunity to try things out, reward players who'd been loyal to him and, and giving them a start, and people like David Vaughan who got who got a start as well, while still retaining the um, the presence, I guess, of, of Bale mm-hmm. and Ramsey. Um, it was interesting. The other thing as well for me was that. I felt like he was maybe experimenting with what would be his starting centre midfield partnership because I think by this point Ledley had been crucial for us in the way he'd played and his performances and I felt like as great as Joe Allen had been he'd not actually played that much and Joe Allen obviously didn't start this game so it made me think again with the benefit of hindsight maybe he was looking at who would be the partner for or could potentially be a partner for, for Joe Ledley in midfield because the lack of involvement in the in the in the build up to the to the biggest games in the last four games, I don't think he started. Um, you know, uh, in, in his absence. Yeah, and Alan wasn't playing much for Liverpool at the time either, was it? So you weren't kind of getting a benchmark on on his play. Um, I thought Johnny Williams in particular played really well, and you know, probably secured his his place on the on the plane to France through through that performance. Um, and David Vaughan did kind of what David Bourne always did, which was just come on and be very solid. Uh, whether you were subbing him on as we did in some of the earlier games or started him as we did here, he always just kind of like did his thing in a, in just a generally sort of professional way without being flashy and showy. And um, I thought it was interesting how uh, we were playing a more, what you might think of as a gigs like 4 3 3 yeah. Um, really, weren't we? And uh, with both folks and Hal, it was one of the rare occasions they were pl- they were playing together. Although Hal obviously didn't last didn't last long in the game. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. I think you're right in how you described it as felt more like a friendly. It did have that feel, really, didn't it? It clearly wasn't our sort of first eleven. Although I don't disagree that Coleman was was looking at some options, and I think probably looking at some, you know, some squad issues and, uh, you know, some depth in certain positions. And because it was clear we were developing a start in 11, but then once you got past that, there wasn't that much going on. Um, it's a classic and so I think it problem, was, that, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was important that he, you know, he used the game in that way. It might have been easy for him to have put out the sort of established 11 just to tick a box, really, but um, and I think it it does show how we were already starting to think about the next summer and 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 the professionalism that was demonstrated through that whole process, actually, um, you know, leading up to and and through through the the tournament itself. That for a country who's never done that before. We handled the whole process incredibly well. Just, you know, the backroom staff, the prep that went in, the visits to France, the preparations for the fans, all of that. You know, there was a a kind of very steep learning curve we had to get to get on. And it was clear that they were they'd already jumped on board and were were looking in that direction. Um, And I think that's something I hadn't particularly I hadn't particularly thought of things in that uh, in that way until rewatching the game. Absolutely, and it was. I mean, you, you just to take a, a brief step back. You talked about uh, David Vaughan and Johnny Williams. I, it was interesting. You've mentioned solid being a good word for people like David Vaughan before, and that's how I thought he played. I thought it's interesting you say that Johnny played well because I thought he had kind of like a a very inconsistent performance. I thought 
he was busy and he got about when he got on the ball a lot, but he also gave the ball away a lot and made some bad decisions. I wonder if his kind of busyness was one of the reasons he played in Slovakia in the end, um, against Slovakia, sorry, in Slovakia, because of his I don't, a nuisance value kind of mm-hmm. belittles him a bit, which, I, which is not what I mean. But I, I feel that that performance probably put something in Coleman's head of like, do you know what? Dave Vaughan is, is steady, but... I'm going to have Joe Ledley or Joe Allen to do that for me. I don't need another one of those players. I want someone who's going to be busy and someone's going to, who's going to get about. Um, and I think, obviously, with Ledley then injuring himself, as we know, it, it kind of that I think is one of the reasons he got in in, in looking at that performance again because he was a nuisance and I, you could see the way he moved about and the way he got stuck in and everything else he was he wasn't afraid of anything he, and I, I thought that was a good demonstration of what he was capable of because I don't think he had that great a game but I think what he did bring was was kind of valuable at the time um yeah I, I don't disagree um I think his play at that point and I do think it's evolved in fairness but I think his play at that point was to be needly and run at people and and draw free kicks yeah because you know bale in particular obviously his capacity with free kicks you know we can't underestimate um and so i i think his role then was very much to be a scurrier and a and a a messer of other people's play and kind of annoy people to the point where where they fouled him and and then like step out of the way and let Bell sort it out. Whereas now I think it's evolved into a more uh, obvious substitute for when Ramsey isn't available um, in the last couple of games. And I think that's enabling him to show himself as a better player with that slight switch in role. No, that's a fair point. I think the getting fouled thing is absolutely true. And on that theme... I did think to myself, and I was going to send a few tweets about it, but I thought I'd save it for this. I do wonder if moving forward, considering especially the money and whatever that's involved in football, I wonder how long it's sustainable for teams like Andorra to keep automatically getting in qualification groups. Because, A, the amount of fouling that went on was nothing short of disgraceful. It ruined the game, and I I don't care about that. We'd already qualified, we beat them, whatever, I don't care. But it got to a point where there was some really, really bad tackles, like dangerous tackles going on there. And it's not just the money issue. It's like, it's, it's a real life issue. And there was a moment I, I remember in the second half where James Chester has gone in with a 50-50 with someone and he's just thought, and like, like you can almost see him step out of the way almost. And I don't mean that yeah. as an insult to James Chester. It was just like, do you know what? I just can't be arsed with this. Like the <laughs> lad who came on up front, who for the record, on another note, I'm no Brad Pitt, but he had the worst slash funniest hair I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. It was like Friar Tuck on the back and sides and had nothing on top, but then he'd had like a little bit at the front that had grown out, but he couldn't even grow it all the way across. So he just had like someone's shaved a circle in the top of his head. It looked ridiculous. Anyway, it was with him and he was chucking himself about and he was like needling people and you could see he was just like, nah, I'm all right, thanks. Because, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there needs to be some sort of level that these teams can get to because, you know, in the World Cup qualifying campaign, for example, our dud team, to want of a better expression, were Georgia, who, to be fair, weren't actually a bad side at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, they drew with us. Andorra are, I would say, a pub team and not a very good pub team at that. They were just, I mean, they, they, they were just fit. And the moaning by some of their players, and you just think, and I'm, 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 like, it can't be fun being beaten all the time. I get it. So you've got to, you know, you've, and it must be a great experience for them traveling around, playing all these places. But it gets to a point where I just think that it's, it's beyond them having a good time. Like someone could legitimately have got really badly hurt out there. The pitch that hope that hope that they they play on at home is a disgrace. Like I just, I'm in the in the longer term, I'm not sure how viable it is for these teams to keep being involved. I sound like an old man now. Sorry, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think that's a road I'd like to go down personally. I think you're either in a competition or you, or you're not. I don't, um, I can see some merit in an argument where, um, 
there's almost like a pre-qualifying round. That's what I was going to get to, yeah. I was going to suggest using the um, Nations League for something like that, as yeah. there's already that process. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't like the idea of having some sort of gatekeeper on this. I think if you're in a competition, you're in a competition. I mean, the argument would be that we should be able to put out a B team and deal with the Andorras of the world. Um, but I do... St- I do think there's a a point where clubs might, you know, say, well, it's one one thing Wales if you're playing, uh, I don't know, if you're playing Holland, um, but if you're playing Andorra, we, you know, we we have concerns about player X getting in, involved, uh, and I. Th- I do think you're right in the sense that the the money will drive that, and the and the it's the clubs that have the money, and it's those it's them it's their it's their risk, isn't it? It's their it's an asset, their asset, their risk. So I can see how some clubs would get jumpy about some of these internationals when uh, when they are played in this framework where the the opposition's role is is simply to stymie. Um, and not actually contribute to a game of football. Well, I, I agree, and that's the thing. That that's their whole. I mean, I, I, you would walk away from that, and they'd probably slap in their stomachs, themselves on the back. There, we only lost two nil today, lads. Great performance, and it shouldn't be that. And I also think if you want these teams to improve, the only way they're going to improve is by playing like like-minded and, and similarly mm-hmm. abil- similar ability teams. And I know the Nations League does that to an extent, but I know that in the Americas, you're you're. Trinidad's and your Jamaicas and your Cubas and your Curacao's and whoever else have to play a pre-qualifying tournament to get into the main tournament. That seems like a, a perfectly sensible way to do this. Um, and I and then these teams who are playing in the Nations League, for example, there can be you know though that tournament, if you like, also enters you into the main qualifying draw for this. Um, and it's not just from a safety perspective; it's also for a for a competitive perspective, they, those you know, as fans, you know, are they going to be interested in, in going to watch a team? You know, when you when you're in the fifth game of a qualifying group, going to watch your team, you know, you're going to get beat. Like, there's got there's got to be more to it than that. And I appreciate this is not relevant to our conversation in any way now, but um, there needs to be, in my opinion, anyway, um, something different to to move on a little bit to the professionalism or lack of it in the game. I thought this was another game where 15 minutes in, um, we should have had a penalty. <laughs> um, it was, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, It does make you wonder what the purpose of like the extra officials oh uh, behind the goal is because they just, I, I can't recall them any of them ever do much of anything, no. frankly. Um, and I do think in a strange way it affects referees' positioning when they feel they've got those extra pair of eyes back there. I think it might affect like which side of the goal they go and that sort of thing. And I thought that was one of the problems with this particular referee is he never actually quite seemed to be up with play. Oh, my God. It was awful. I mean, I'm watching a replay of it now on the on the... FAW Twitter, it, the incident with Johnny Williams happens on the on our right-hand side of the penalty area and he has stood beyond the line of the left-hand side of the penalty area where the incident and action has happened like 10 seconds previous, maybe 10 seconds is a stretch, but I mean, he's nowhere near it. And also, I mean, like you say, what that extra official is doing there? I mean, it's, it's, it's as stonewall a penalty you can see. It's, I mean, Johnny has thrown himself over a bit, but he's got his legs clipped his kind of knees have come across his thighs. It's, I mean, it's such an obvious, but I mean, it's not even close. And I do wonder if that kind of would have changed the rest of the game. I, I felt like Coleman mm-hmm. did go for that four-three-three type approach because he wanted us to blow them away early doors and and make this not a tense encounter, which, yeah. given the circumstances, it relatively turned into. Yeah, I can't dis- can't disagree with that. I think that was the. The thinking with the four at the back in particular was let's just get a couple in the first half and be able to sit back a bit and yeah. you know make some substitutions and 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 I do think Hal's injury affected that as well because we went from a pattern of having a more obvious three at the front to something a bit more akin to four four two really yeah. with um with Edwards coming on and I think that sort of took 
it was another rejig, wasn't it? It was another new formation. And I don't think that helped us in the middle of the of the first half. And by about 30, 35 minutes in, some of our frustration is starting to show yeah, as I well. I mean, and you, uh, oh, sorry, go on. No, it's all right. The And then actually, I think we might have had our best patch in like the last 15 minutes of the first half so there was like there was corner after corner yeah. towards the end of, of that game and of course because of that nasty nasty injury it it you know went on a long time didn't it that uh, that first half uh, so I think our our um, fitness started to show perhaps in once we got into that eight ten minutes of uh, injury time at the end of the first half uh, we were we were really pressing at that point you know there was a shot from Davies that was just over yeah. a shot from Bale that went just wide so I think that uh that started to show what then became the pattern in the in the second half where we were able to steer the game a bit more I agree I felt like we kind of clicked into gear a little bit there didn't yeah. we and we kind of actually started to play the way we, sh- we are capable of playing and and mm-hmm. the second that started to happen everything just got better and everything grew and you know we score five minutes or so into the start of the second mm. half and my favorite thing about it is that everyone runs off to celebrate and do the thing with joe ledley <laughs> and when i watched it back again the best thing about that is if you look at ashley williams's reaction he is so angry and then finds the whole thing so funny in the space of two seconds because he should bury that header why he's even there i don't know but anyway he should bury that header and it's fallen to ramsey and the first look on his face is off you can see his face contorted (laughs) to say that and then he just starts laughing and then he does the same because he has a header chance in the second half as well and he does the same thing again he goes to swear and just starts laughing um yeah which was uh, which is very entertaining but i think it was the goal we absolutely deserved Oh, absolutely! I don't think there's any question that the result the result went the right way in the end. I mean, there was no there was no question of that, and and we played much better in that, particularly in that early part of the the second half, and there were chances coming through and that sort of thing. Going back to what you were saying about Ash, there was Hal and Sam Vokes and Ash all had misses that were like. They were kicking themselves. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted to give them each a crutch and say, it's all right. It's all right <laughs> You're going to make up for this one. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I know you can't see it, lads, but give, give it a few months and you'll no, no one will care about Andorra, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course then... Um, Sir Gareth Bale kind of rounds things off with five minutes to play with a bit of a scuffy goal but I thought we'd we'd been a bit critical of his play in in previous games or I have Mm -hmm. been certainly um in in what were key games and I did think that against um, Bosnia sorry I did think he was much much better and much more of a threat and direct and used the ball well and I do think he got his gold and got his reward he was he was excellent on the night there against Andorra. Yeah, I, again, agree with you. And I think there was something very apt about the fact that it was Ramsey and Bale that scored yeah. in this game, really. Particularly Bale kind of rounding off the the qualifying uh, score sheet. There was, you know, there was just something sort of poetic about, about that, given everything that was going on. No, I agree. And I also enjoyed, less so in the second half, actually, but in the first half and then at the end of the game, the kind of atmosphere and I think those sort of things started to kind of build. You could hear the anthem ringing mm-hmm. around, and but also the 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 Viva Gareth Bale chant and the Hal Robson Carnu chant and Ain't Nobody Like Joe Ledley. Like these things started to ring around and became kind of more commonplace. And that hadn't mm-hmm. been like that at a Wales game that I can remember for a long, long time. And it not only did it grow during the campaign, I felt like it kind of hit a peak where the atmosphere itself wasn't even that good. I didn't think in in large parts of the game, but. It just felt special. It felt different. It felt like we were going somewhere, and and obviously we did. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fans probably got to a, a point where it was like more party in the terraces than actually what was going on on the pitch at some yeah. points of that game. And there was lots of uh, yeah, the songbook definitely got uh, got a workout, didn't it, at, at that game? Yeah. Change of attack a little bit. I I thought that thinking about it being his debut and I know there's a whole lot of baggage goes with Tom Lawrence at, at the minute but I thought he had an excellent game for for coming on a, as a debutant in in that game and and impressed and uh, 
you know, made his case for being considered as as uh, an option for going to France. I thought that was, uh, yeah, he's he's a difficult player to to. Well, for obvious reasons, it's a difficult player to get behind right now, with what's happened since. But um, but you can't pretend he didn't play well in that uh, twenty minutes or so that he was on. No, he had a great little cameo and you know mm-hmm. was a threat. He took people on. He was nippy. He was he was exciting to watch. He had a great couple of snapshots. Um, looked to be cha- trying to change the game, which um, is something that. I don't think Wales have many of those sort of players. You know, we talk about players who can come on. You know, we've talked about Vaughan and Edwards mm. and King as being solid and steady, and he's kind of the opposite of that. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I felt the same. I, I felt, I don't know, a, a tinge of sadness is perhaps mm. a, a bit over over dramatic, but certainly something there. Um, and I don't, you know... I don't know. I don't. I don't want to go too far into this rabbit hole. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how I feel about him playing for Wales again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure I would be saying that if we didn't have the the wealth of, mm-hmm. of of talent that we have in that kind of winger number ten attacking midfielder type role. To be honest, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think now it feels like we've got an indulgence that we can sort of overlook um overlook him in that's that's too strong um but i agree with you i think the kind of internal debate would be more difficult if we were relying on what he can offer yeah i agree it's um yeah it's i i mean it it's a tough one it will remain a tough one i I don't know. I, I don't know whether that's the, whether I mean, that's that's always the irony of these things, isn't it? You know, you you you've got your principles until you, until you, <laughs> you know, you need the player, and yeah. I I I think we we can all be guilty of of that of um, you know double standards when it's your when it's your own team and when you uh, when you are, need it as well, you know. Sorry, I missed you then, Dave. With when you need it as well, like you're saying. When you need it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a complicated one. I don't, you know, it would be nice. Let's just get back to the point where we have to worry about that complication, yeah. eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a, 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 taking the, the morality out of it, it's a good problem to have regardless, I suppose. And yes. It's a bit yeah. rich of me as a, as a Newcastle fan to be... Um, talking about the morality of the situation where it looks like we're about to be taken over by the Saudi Arabians so you know I, I suppose it's a thread I don't particularly want to pull out too strongly at the moment um, as I'm still having my own moral debate with that but um, yeah it, it was it was an interesting one and it was I don't know it's, it's a shame I think is uh, is fair to mm-hmm. say on that yeah. Um, yeah I um I I don't know about you but I don't have anything extra to add here well, no, I just enjoyed the celebrations at the end. I'd forgotten about Hal's cast um, yeah. and seeing him coming out with his with his crutch. I'd forgotten about that. Um, and just, uh, you know, just the celebrations. Uh, it was just nice to be reminded of that. And and also, you know, it got me thinking about the Hungary game. It was it was just nice to think. Uh, yeah, and we've done it again too. Yeah. We're doing this. Is, <laughs> we're all right at this. Actually, we're quite good at qualifying now. <laughs> Um, the thing I did find funny actually was my I was watching the end of it with Joy and she said at the end the guy said I'm going to shout the first names I'm going to have 30,000 Welsh yes. people shouting their second names and when Adam Henley came out you just went Adam and you could see like <laughs> 30,000 people going I, I, I don't know what to There's shout there's an Adam yeah. we've got an Adam <laughs> never heard of him has he won a competition um, so uh, Joy was just like oh that didn't work did it so I did yeah, find that quite funny and he gave up about halfway yeah. through as well didn't he, he started adding yeah, and the it. irony was he was adding to the surnames where we definitely didn't yeah, use the hint you exactly. know <laughs> yeah. and I also found it funny he referred to them as their kind of full first names yes. as well yeah like I forget because yeah, like I was working out in my head David yeah David <laughs> and it was like some of the, and he was yeah exactly when he was t- Jazz Richards was one of them and I was just like who the hell oh yeah um, and uh, yeah there's a few of them that he like you say he definitely didn't need to say the second name I also enjoyed at one point he called out Chris Gunter and uh, and uh, and Taylor walked out Neil Taylor walked out <laughs> so I couldn't decide if there was miscommunication going on back there or the boys were just kind of taking the piss as they were going on but. Uh, yeah, I also enjoyed oh, you know, was, Cookie getting all the, the coaching staff up there and being part of it. It, yes. it kind of, again, was a great yeah. sign of what's to come. 
Yes, and I thought Ramsey got a bit annoyed, didn't he, when the champagne popped before before the coaches now really yeah. had a chance to get on the on the podium. Talking about Guns and um, and Tails, I, just going back to the end of the Bosnia game when they were being interviewed, and I think it's Rob Phillips says to to Gunter, you know, what what does this mean? What's what's it? And and he and Tails walks up, and and Gunter just looks at him and just goes. That because <laughs> he's got hasn't he got he's got the he's got his hood up his bucket hat on his headphones yeah. over the whole lot and he's just walking in doing a little dance oh, yeah that was great that was again like you say yeah. just great great memories um, yes absolutely um, of, a, of a glorious time and I hope I, I, they've said they're going to show more games and I, it looks like from the pictures they've put out they're going to be some of the women's qualifiers which mm-hmm. which would be great and I gr- think great publicity for them and yeah. dr- drum up a bit more support for them going forward um, oh absolutely I mean that. The nil-nil in in Southampton against England is still one of the best defensive games I've I've watched in years. It is a great game of football. That one definitely. I mean, they're all worth a watch. But if, if there's people that haven't seen that game in particular, dig that one out. It's a great game of football. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll get an airing, and I'm sure I'm sure that Russia game will get an airing as well because yeah. that was a great performance. So hopefully, rather than just the whole campaign, because obviously it ended on that sour note, it would be great to have kind of the best games if you like of, yeah. of the last few years even that even their friend um, the friendly the win against the pharaohs recently which was six nil mm-hmm. even that would be good and yeah it'd be good to get for them to get some exposure which they uh, undoubtedly deserve as well absolutely well there you are that is the end of the reruns it's the end of our podcast i'm sure we'll get together and talk about the the women's games or whatever else the faw put on next we've got a few more of our favorite memorable football things to go out and we are in the process of building our best um composite i think is the best word to use of, of different players okay, there's a posh word there you go you can <laughs> tell i'm bored i'm reading the dictionary um so we uh, have got a defender coming out later this week uh, which is going to be included there's some video clips that are going to come with it so you can see some of the suggestions that we've made um so yeah keep your eye out for that and hopefully we'll see you at the welsh football fans quiz on friday night as well uh well thank you very much for listening ladies and gentlemen and uh, we will doubtless see you soon goodbye bye bye